Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hello, and welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast. I am Meredith Bond, here with my beautiful co-host. I'm Prue Warren. Hey, Prue. Mary. (laughs) Today, we have an exciting topic. Yes, we do. A good topic. Love scenes. Love scenes, which I think is extremely appropriate because today is the first real day of spring here in Vienna. It is 60 degrees and just sunny and gorgeous, and it just makes you think of animals procreating and <laughs> humans too. <laughs> That's the difference. So you're, you're a closed door romance. I'm open door. My phrase would have been, they're out there fucking like bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our topic is the love scene. Yes. And it's interesting for you and me to discuss it because you are closed door. There's no overt sex in your book. There's lots of love and romance, but you don't actually have sex scenes. Well, I have written a couple of books with sex scenes. Mm-hmm. And do you don't like it? Um, I don't feel the need for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of my readers, and because I write fewer Because my books generally don't have sex scenes, my readership has developed into a body of people who prefer no sex. Closed door, right. Closed door. So so whether or not you like to write overt open door sex, the question is, what are your readers expecting in your book? Exactly. And I think that's a pretty significant... That's a pretty significant thing to remember as you're writing your book, because I discovered with a beta reader that there are certain trigger words for a female anatomy I have no problems with. I don't mind the word pussy, but there are beta readers I have who are like, nope, that takes me right out of the romance in a, in a sex scene. So I write around that now, not because I'm bothered by the word, but because enough other people are bothered by the word. And I think on a, on, on, a, on a larger scale, that's why people would be not upset, but but surprised to find an open door sex scene in one of your books. Whereas my one book was pretty graphic. So, I mean, if, you know, if, if ever a second appears, it'll probably have open door sex. Was there sex in Sin in the Peanut Butter Cup? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yes. Why am I not even remembering that? I just blocked it out of my brain. <laughs> There's a, uh, my mother now since gone to her great ward, had a great friend who was, I don't know, he must be 75 or 80 years old. And out of loyalty to her, he read my book, which nice. like, it's, it's sweet. But of course he got to chapter 20, which is absolutely open door sex. And wrote me this really long email about how he thought it should be given to every male in America because it would lower divorce rates. <laughs> it's it not a conversation I expected to have with this gentleman, but it's still very nice. 
Very and nice. I have to say that my mother-in-law, who I love with a passion, she read one of my open door books and she said, you know what? I just skipped that part. Um, Been there, done that, not interested. I just don't want to know. Let's get back to the plot. Yeah. But I say, wait a minute, Mary, because I think this is an important point. And I'm sorry, I've, I've sort of taken the bit between my teeth and I know you have a lot to teach me, but no, I think that the sex, having sex obviously is a, a turning point. It's a moment of trust and intimacy between the two protagonists. But Absolutely. I also, it has to advance the plot. There has I, to be, right. There has 100%. to be hundred percent. Right. And so when my mother-in-law said that she wanted to skip those scenes, I said, you really can't because they are integral to the part, to the plot. That is where my characters grow. Right, right, right. This is where something happens. How, not just do two people have sex, but what are they experiencing when they do? And not just the, the buzz and the rush and the orgasm, but what is it about their personality that makes them have sex in this way? And the other one has sex in this way. And if they come together, if the book is set up with the premise being that the, and I write male, female, so on the hero and the heroine, if the hero has a need he doesn't understand that is fulfilled by the heroine, and if the heroine has a need that she doesn't understand that's fulfilled by the hero, that can come to a point in the sex scene where they both have learned, oh my God, you are what completes me. You are. Sex with you is better than just having sex because there's something about you that makes me a better person. Right. And in my books, when I actually have the open door, it is a moment of realization, either of emotion or of who they are or a step on that path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yes. But I also think that a uh, a love scene doesn't have to have sex. Good point. Yes. There are a lot of moments of intimacy and trust that are every bit as sexy as two people fucking like bunnies, right? That's that's a that's a thrill, but if but it's not the only way to write a love scene. I absolutely agree and I have an example for you. Exactly Good. Go, that. girl. Go. I want to hear it. Okay. It is from my book on exotic air where the hero and heroine go out for on a ride in a boat on the river. I'm reading. Things had changed immeasurably between them after their brief interlude at the temple, and now the two of them were alone again, illicitly, wonderfully alone. She felt her heart fluttering like the sail and wondered if he would kiss her. She realized now that there was no question about her feelings for him. She loved him. It felt good to finally admit it to herself and in her own way to him. Willing her love for him to shine through her eyes, she reached out and rested her hand on his. He looked at her, but he knew, as she did, that words were unnecessary. Putting, up, putting the oar up and setting the sail so that they would float gently back downriver and on the current, he looked deeply into her eyes. He was worried at first. Cassandra could see that. But then as her love shone through to him, he relaxed. He didn't need to say anything. He just knew. 
Taking her hands in both of his, he softly caressed the back of her hands with his long fingers and then lovingly kissed each finger in turn. Gills shot up her arm and she stifled the urge to giggle. What a wonderful feeling it was to be loved. And it goes on and on. You know, I, as I listen to you read, I, I can tell because you taught me about deep POV, why that scene is so powerful. It's not just a recitation of the movements. You're in her head. You're feeling what she's feeling, not just the sensations, but the emotions too. That's why that's so powerful. Right. And there is there are no words. There's no sex. He kisses her fingers. They touch and it's electric. Right, 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 right. That's it. Right, right, right. Um, I, my example is there's there's a kiss in mine. There's a okay. kiss. Mine is a little... Mine is a little more than yours. Um, in the unpublished Dash in the Moon Glow Mystic Dash, the hero has come across a woman who is either a con artist pretending to be a psychic or is, oddly enough, actually sort of a psychic. And at this point in the book, you don't know what the answer is. He's discovered that the reason she is so um, shy and skittish is because she's been through some fairly horrible sexual violence in her past and she's very uneasy. So he says, well, you know, I want to kiss you, uh, but I'm going to leave everything in your hands. It's up to you now. If you are willing, I'm right here. You can kiss me. And if you're not, if you're too scared, you absolutely don't have to kiss me. So here's, here's the book. I'm reading you, she said. You are good and pure and honorable and so damned handsome. Stop. You're making me blush. It looks good on you. I'm going to kiss you now. I laid my hand on his naked chest, so I felt his heart speed up. I was a teenager once more, and this time I would do some exploring. You are? I nodded. I studied his mouth, his lips. I touched my finger there, and he pursed his lips in a tiny kiss. I needed to move. I needed to follow through. And yet I was hung up, unable to accomplish the simple monumental task of leaning forward. Don't do it if you're not ready, he said, his protectiveness outweighing his desire. Shut up, Dash. Yes, ma'am. I decided I was thinking too much. He seemed to agree. It might be easier if you didn't concentrate so hard. My pulse thudded in every inch of me. Shut up, I said. Right. Sorry. I wet my lips and he wet his. And then I leaned over him. My hair came down on either side. It happens every time I lean over. Only this time, there was another face inside this curtain with me. It was the antithesis of loneliness. When our lips were almost touching, when I could feel his warm breath, I paused. I'm sorry, I whispered. We were so close that the movement of his lips disturbed the air between us as the words slipped out. It's okay. You don't have to do this. Fear and desire waged a war in my brain. And then his kindness, his willingness to wait, tipped the scales in favor of desire. I want to do this. Low voltage electricity thrummed around us. I felt as though I could have seen every contour of his face with my eyes closed, limbed in nothing more than the energy between us. That made me smile inside. And that's when I dipped my head that last fraction of an inch and his mouth touched mine and peace filled me like a minor chord resolving at last a major. The celestial spheres clicked into a new, better alignment. Nice. Very nice. See, that is really romantic. I think I think I, I, my hope is that what makes it romantic is that it's not just he kissed her or she kissed no, him. No, absolutely but, not. 
You get the entire experience. And it means something. It moves the plot forward that she takes the step to be brave enough to overcome her fears. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's clearly a major breakthrough for her. It is. It is. Yay! Yay for her! Excellent. All right. So what other thoughts do you have on love scenes? Tell me, tell me what you had. What's in that great big brain of yours? (laughs) Nothing much because love scenes are really, really interesting in that people feel very, very passionate about them. Mm -hmm. So people who want to read love scenes, open door love scenes, don't and shouldn't feel bad about that. They shouldn't. I mean, our society does stigmatize people sometimes. And they belittle women specifically for reading romance saying, oh, well, it's just porn Mm. or something like that. Right. Or, you know, you get your titillation that way. Right. When they, people who say that don't realize the power of the story and the character right that grows and develops within the love scene i see i think that's critical i think that's critical i've seen pornography i don't object to it but it is it is often very dull it looks like two people who are going about their job they're they're being paid there's no eat there's no sexiness there's no um romance to it whereas if you get a good love scene in a movie you can, you're left breathless, but it has to have emotion behind it. And anyone who thinks that this is just housewife porn is a fool. I mean, that's, that's stupid. They just haven't read it. Or they've read bad, bad stuff. Right. Now, what do you think about erotica? I know that you read it. I do. I do read erotica. Here's, you know what, here's what I think about erotica. Uh, I use as my example, 50 shades of gray. Mm-hmm. which was, of course, very popular, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. And I hated Fifty Shades of Grey and immediately after hated the sequel and immediately after hated the third part, right? I mean, I read them. Wait a minute, movie. you read all three. I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. Hating it all the while, I kept reading. The problem with that was the erotica was not, was just terrible. It was awful. What that book got to me with was wealth porn. He was very wealthy. And she comes home one day and says, my boss was mean to me. And she goes back the next day and discovers her lover has bought the company and fired the boss. And that was like, oh, that's very exciting. What a concept. The, the, the erotica was poorly written. There's better erotica out there, but it has to be grounded in emotion. Mm-hmm. Bad erotica is the same thing as pornography. If you read bad erotica, then I will accept the premise that it's housewife porn. But good erotica advances the plot. There's a yeah. there's a character who needs something and a character who is flawed. And in some way, that erotica advances their pathway to happiness. So erotica is very, very overt sex. Often there are these bizarre sex clubs, which I don't know if they actually exist in the real world, but woohoo! Yeah. Um, it, it's no good if it's not emotional. Right. So I feel about that the same way I, as I feel about uh, the hero kissing the heroine's fingertips. If the motion's there, powerful. If it's not, 
it's anatomy. It's just, you know, it's rote. It's yeah. Not- Have A into slot B. Exactly right. And there are, there are, there's varieties of how you can do it, but for the most part, it's pretty much tab A into slot B. That's exactly right. Why, why is that a powerful moment? That's a much more interesting question. And I do think that, like, I have favorite, this is a store up, thank God for YouTube to let me watch things. Like, uh, I store up great love scenes, so I go back to YouTube and watch them occasionally. And the key factor is the intimacy and the, the uh, explosion, the frustration comes to a head and is finally resolved. Sometimes it's just sexual tension. Sometimes it's trust. Um, and then often in the aftermath of a great love scene, you have two people who are now stripped bare of all of their beliefs, of all their, all of all their facades, right? The frustration's gone. The Maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe she doesn't like me. And they've just had sex. And there's this opportunity for powerful intimacy. That the afterglow moments are just as romantic as the as the sex itself. But I would also say that romance doesn't even have to require any physicality at all. I mean, you can have a love scene can appear in the middle of of an action sequence. You know, if if someone is making this emotional leap, that's a love scene too. Ah, that's a very good point. I completely agree. I have that. Go ahead. Something that you said reminded me of a talk that I attended by the great Kathy Seidel. Ah, love Kathy Seidel. Kathy Gillis Seidel is um, fantastic for anybody who doesn't know her. She is one of the great contemporary romance writers. She is, she's a classic, but she's still writing. So she's even better. <laughs> <laughs> She is also a professor of English literature and romance in particular. She studies it on an academic level. And she gave a talk at the Washington Romance Writers Retreat one year about, I think it was about sex scenes. And one thing she pointed out was that if a sex scene comes too early in the book, your character's have have a serious problem because then they're thinking they could be thinking are we together only to have sex is there no nothing deeper to the relationship and what's he going to think about me or what's she going to think about me for jumping into bed with this person so having sex creates conflict in a situation like that right right but that's not necessarily bad you want conflict it is true but if it happens too early, then maybe the conflict is coming too soon in the relationship. Uh, see, I, I I think Kathy walks on water. I adore her. But I would be glad to sit down and argue that point with her. I think there are great romances that begin, like, uh, there's, a, there's a classic trope, one night stand. And oops, I did right. fall in love. Or oops, I got pregnant and now we have a baby together, right? I mean, there are lots of... Of, of classic romance tropes that involve sex in the first chapter. Mm. So I would, I, I would be prepared to, to duke that one out. Well, I, I could be remembering her, you know, this part of her talk wrong. No, but I, no, I bet you're right. Because I think a lot of people write that way, but I would also say that it's possible. We should invite, I wonder if Kathy would come. Oh, on. Um, good. She's brilliant. <laughs> she is and funny. Um, yes. 
<laughs> I wonder if it's not grounded on on in tell in, in if she doesn't mean it, but if she thinks that you can't have sex too early because it means you're a bad girl, right? I mean, is there is there any aspect of of moralism in it? I wouldn't think it in Kathy, but I mean, there are plenty of books that have sex early on that I'm like, okay, this is that was a good start. Let's keep going. <laughs> now what happens? <laughs> and of course, there are so many different ways to have sex, right? You can have hot banging sex with a stranger in the bathroom at the club. Right, mm-hmm. which is which is physically gratifying, but there's no emotion to it. And when you meet him again in chapter 20 and you've come to understand who he was and he knows who you are, the sex takes on a whole different dimension. So it's like you haven't had sex in that way before. Ah, I think that's I, a I, good I, point. I'm gonna argue that. I'm gonna argue that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna argue that point. Okay. Here I wanna I, I wanna read you a passage from the exciting conclusion of dash and the moon glow mystic okay. when we when we're we were having a we're, we're gearing up for a chase and it takes place in the wild wild west the bad guys are in a, in a semi truck that's just pulling out of the driveway and slowly gaining speed and the only way we can catch them is on the back of this horse and we've discovered early on that dash has a fear of horses and eve his mystic loves horses she's fine with horses He's got the gun. She's got the horse skills. So this is my, this is what I think is romance. Uh, the bad guy's name is Wolf. Wolf's truck negotiated the tight turn onto the road. We didn't have much time. Get up. Come on. We have to catch him. He gaped at me. That horse is naked. Hysterical laughter bubbled out of me. Dash, take Rose. She's a much better rider than I am. I cut him off. Rocket wants you. Rocket's the horse. Give me your hand. And then she thinks, trust me, trust me, Dash. Rose grabbed Bob's gun and thrust it at Dash. Go on, you're our best shot at this. He'd faced down men with rifles, but this made him go pale. He shook his head, but he reached out for me. I took his hand, but he wouldn't move. Do you trust me, Dash? Rocket quivered, snorting with eagerness. Dawn was growing. Birds sang. A truck rumbled down a long country road, and I could tell his soul was like a cool crystalline water in a desert well. Dash tightened his grip. I do. Come on, then. Rose grabbed his ankle. Together, we boosted him up behind me. Hold on to me. Here we go. I'd say that's a love. I would say that's a love scene. It is a leap of faith. Because of her. He's putting right. his trust in her, and that makes it romantic. Uh, it is good. It is very good. So the concept that a love scene always has to have sex. I like a love scene with sex. But if you don't want to write sex, you don't need not- it. You can have a great love story if you don't want to write sex. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to do, because I love Aang, is to create a situation where the hero or heroine does something for the other person, but they're not there to see their reaction. And the reaction is devastating. So explain, explain. So in the book that I just finished writing, the last book of my Ladies Wagering West Society, King of Clubs, the heroine doesn't trust the hero because he's too handsome. He's too perfect. She thinks he's out for no good. So she doesn't trust him in the least. But on the other hand, she's falling in love with him because he's so wonderful. I love it, Laura. I'm a beta for you, aren't I? Will you let me beta? Oh, sure. I would love that. Thank you. So 
every time the hero does something wonderful for the heroine, she or is charming and sweet to her, she turns around and, and is nasty to him. She's protecting because herself. She's protecting herself. She's pushing him away. And so, for example, he sends her flowers. He's not there to see her receive them, but he sends her flowers and she looks at them and says, I should throw them into the gutter. And instead, she cries herself to sleep, coddling them. Oh, oh. <laughs> I call that romantic. I call that romantic. One person, he's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a really, I think that is the takeaway from this discussion is that to say that a love scene has sex is foolish. And to assume that your sex scene is a stand in for love is equally anima- foolish. Right. Don't do it. Don't assume that because you have a sex scene, you've created romance. Yes. Yes. <gasps> nice. Brilliant, bro. Nice. <laughs> Wait, let me write it down quickly so I can put it in the description. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Outstanding. Um, Do you have favorite love scenes? Do you have love scenes that you go back to? I don't think so. Oh, my God. I so do. Uh, There's a love scene in a Dennis Quaid movie called The Big Chill. Uh The movie itself is... Is, is hampered by the fact that they made Dennis Quaid lay on this like New Orleans accent that is pretty, pretty horrific. But the sex is very loving because she is absolutely totally intimidated and he is absolutely totally not. And he woos her and persuades her and she finally, she finally gets into it. It's very hot. It's very good. Uh, my other one is, um, <laughs> did you ever watch Lost? No, I didn't. Oh, you would know if you did. You wouldn't have to think about it. There's a scene, reasons that are just go beyond the weirdness of Lost. Kate is in one bear cage and Sawyer's in another bear cage, right? And, and for like five seasons, they've been like, ooh, you're hot. Ooh, you're hot. I'm not going near you. And there's one scene where she crawls out of her bear cage and into his bear cage and attacks him. And they have glorious hot sex, TV sex, right? I mean, it ends way too soon, but it is extremely hot. Followed by a moment of just extraordinary intimacy in the afterglow. You don't see the sex. You see the she attacks him and he digs it. And then we cut to commercial. And then we come back and see them cuddled together, having this moment of uh, of of intimacy that is probably in my DNA at this point and would influence <laughs> every love scene I attempted to write. So I do have favorites. I have I have powerful favorites, and I would love it if anybody listening would share their scene or scenes that that have informed how they write. Yes, absolutely. What do you think of the Bridgerton love scenes? I think they're quite hot. I I enjoyed I enjoyed them very much. Uh let me think. I'm trying to Of course the one the last one where she has realized that he's been duping her. Mm-hmm. That he's been lying to her. Mm-hmm. And she takes control. I think that is really interesting because it's using sex as a power play. This is what I was going to say. I thought Bridgerton was a really good series because they did not shy away from the sex. And every time someone was on scene having sex, it was as an illumination of their character, right? Uh, You see a guy like just fucking a 
serving girl or something. And it means nothing. It's just physical gratification. And that's who he was. That's how you know who he is. So every time people had sex, it was a way to illuminate who they were. I thought they did it very well. And I thought a lot of it was was quite hot. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And it really, I thought it was very good because they did use it to show people's status. Yes, they did. That's exactly right. Yes, they did. The sex was informative. It was, yes. it was informative. Yes. Yeah. So I thought it was very good, a very good use of sex to titillate, right? I mean, it was, God knows it was exciting, but it was also smart. It was well, I thought that was well done. I enjoyed it. I think that they did that and were able to do that because they took from Julia Quinn's books. And I'm sure that Julia Quinn doesn't write, in fact, I'm, I'm positive, she doesn't write sex that is just for its own sake. Right, right. Because she's, right. she's an excellent writer. Right, right. It advances the plot. It advances it the plot. In the TV series, too. Yeah, yeah thumbs up. Thumbs up to them. That was well yeah. done. Yeah. Very well done. And God, what beautiful people. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've just about chewed up all our time talking about sex scenes. But if anybody has any questions or comments or thoughts or favorite love scenes, spit them out, man. <laughs> There's room on our website, which is the writer's block party podcast.com. Uh, and you can email us. Mm-hmm. I'm a prue at pruewarren.com. And I am Mary at meredithbond.com. There you go. And we've got our discord server up. We've got some people coming into discord with us to, to write and sprint and commiserate and chat. That's very entertaining. You can join too. We'd love to have you. Uh, we've even been po- starting to post recipes. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Post recipes. Although, and Glory asked a fantastic question the other day on the Discord server about descriptions. Yes. What did she say? Oh, do you re- I, I can bring it up. Hang on and read it to you. Good. Read it. She, she Glory. Asked, our first listener that we know of. Yes. <laughs> um, she said, is a character's physical description a romance reader expectation? She said, I usually skip over descriptions. So I want your opinion. Did we give her any answers? I gave her a long-winded answer because I'm just that way. <laughs> thank God. Well, thank God you are. So that's excellent. If you have a question and you don't want to uh, put it on the podcast, just write to us and ask us to for an invite into the Discord server, and you can come and ask us one-on-one. We'd love that, too. Yeah, and I'm not the only one who answered. Karen also uh, so put up an answer for her. Excellent. Karen. And so, yeah. I love, I love having these names of people who, who, who are listening and joining in. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. And I love having so many opinions and so many thoughts and people adding to the discussion. I think that's that's great. The podcast is limited. It's just you and me yapping. Yeah. Right. But on the discord server, it really does become a discussion. Exactly. Which is so lovely. I really, I love hearing other people's thoughts and comments. Me too. Me too. Especially when it's a nice procrastination from whatever's on my to-do list. (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about pacing. Right. Excellent. I hope you've got a lot to say because pacing is one of those topics that I'm like, nah, I'm just winging it here, yeah. whatever. So 
So I'm going to be in, 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 you're, you're going to be in sensei mode. I'm just going to sit here and listen to you. Okay. I will pull up my uh, class writing class notes. <laughs> oh, there you go. I want them. I want them all. <laughs> Meredith, it's been lovely chatting with you as always. Absolutely. And I hope that it is as beautiful in Virginia where you are as it is here in Vienna. Pretty gorgeous. Pretty gorgeous. And for me, it's the beginning of the day and you're going to enjoy your twilight. So I get I get even more glory. <laughs> that's me. I hope you have a lovely evening. There, Thank that's a much, much more charitable thought. <laughs> All right, Meredith, I'll talk to you next week. Bye. That's it. For the Writer's Block Party this week, we don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.